0: Good evening and welcome to WDBM's new Music Dispatch. This is the show for you to nerd out to the most recently dropped albums here at College Radio. And if you aren't familiar with new music in the up and coming scene, well, sit back and open your ears for you are in for a hip educational treat. If you can't catch the show from 8 to 9 p.m. Sunday nights or want to listen to us gab multiple times on repeat, you can head over to our website at impact89fm.org and stream the podcast of New Music Dispatch whenever you desire. Oh, and I forgot to introduce myself. I am Michelle, your host, and with me is my dear friend Jacob, and we're here to guide you through some of the best new music and music industry happening. Say hey, Jacob.
1: Hey, Jacob.
0: Tonight we are going to be talking about some great albums and we're going to be laying down some of the best that came out this past week coming from Death From Above, 1979, Banks, and Tennis. Let's start off our evening for a brief update in music news. It seems that this week or so everyone will be sitting and waiting in anticipation for new music from Alt-J, Aphex Twin, Julian Casablanca's and The Voids, Julian Casablanca's from The Strokes. We also have King Tuff coming out. Perfume Genius, Subtract, and we're all releasing albums on September 22nd. So that's going to be a crazy day for everybody in the college radio world. In live music news, Jenny Lewis will be expanding her tour after all of the hype that has been occurring around her new album, The Voyager, which dropped on July 29th. We also play that album here at The Impact. Lewis will be adding a few shows to her tour, hitting England and then Texas and then right on to New York. But lastly, the biggest thing that I've heard about in music news this past week is the album from U2. On Tuesday of last week, Apple revealed that the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 Plus would be coming out, and after U2 performed during the big announcement, uh, U2 told everybody that they would get the band's latest album at no cost. It's called Songs of Innocence, and it's on iTunes. So after discovering that, I immediately just opened up my iTunes, because I have an account, and I found that new U2 album just sitting there, just waiting to be downloaded. It was up in iCloud. I was just like, talk about music takeover. I've never heard of someone doing this before, and it was a little surprising.
1: That's very, I mean, not to sound all weird, but that's very 2014.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like technology, hip, update. It's like, I dang, like
1: I don't even have to go out and find music anymore. Apple's just going to throw it at my face and then...
0: Put it in my computer yeah. and that's it. Yep. I did listen to a couple of the tracks off the album, but it seemed like a lot of iTunes account holders weren't really feeling the urgency of the album to be heard. Fuse actually did an article entitled 13 People Who Want to Give u Album Back to Apple. And within the article, you'll find a bunch of comical tweets from people saying like, "How do I upload the new YouTube album back to Apple?" And I thought that was so funny because the album wasn't that amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: just you know when I when I hear stuff like that, I just imagine Bono like you know with his like silly glasses, yeah, and just you know like a little tear rolling down his cheek. Like you know he probably tried hard on that. People don't gotta be so mean about it. <laughs> it's it, it's whatever.
0: It's whatever. It's whatever. And I think that's all for music news today. Let's go into our first artist. So we're gonna start out with our first artist of the night. It's gonna be Death From Above 1979. Can't believe I'm saying that. This band has only put out one album. 2004, it was You're a Woman, I'm a Machine, and it was released off of Last Gang Records. And after that, they broke up in 2006. We were like, what's gonna happen? This is over. They've influenced so many bands to have that kind of dance punk theme in their music and then they just stopped playing music. I guess they um they decided that it would be best to just not try anymore. They didn't want to ruin the sound that they had already created. But then in 2011, they had a reunion. They came out with their second album last week. It was on September 9th and that's called The Physical World and that was out through Last Gain Records as well as Warner Brothers Records. And I, I don't know about you, Jacob, but I'm just pretty excited to hear this record. It is uh, upbeat and very driving yeah
1: yeah that's what i got i got that vibe too And i was listening to it i think it's interesting because i feel like there's a lot of bands that were around from maybe this time period that are kind of coming back now a little bit yeah i mean the unicorns sort of they just re-released their album they already came out with which is kind of you know sort of they're the back same in the idea, game you know you know that they're they're hinting at something so i think it's really exciting that we have a band um that's only had one album because i'm excited to see what else they're gonna do so
0: yeah well this band is made up of jesse keeler on bass synth and backing vocals as well as sebastian granger on vocals and drums they are a duo from toronto ontario and i am really stoked to play these tracks for you guys we've got the first track coming out for you it is train Rack 1979 and it is the single off of this album the physical world by death from above 1979 let's hear it <laughs> What a track from 1979. That was Trainwreck 1979. Wow. Definitely makes sense that that is the single, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. Um, that that bass, you know, that driving bass line and that driving guitar line, like, they were just so steady and constant throughout the entire track. It really just, like, kept it rolling, kept it tumbling.
0: You yeah. Know? I would agree. I think that it's good for the edgier folks that want that, like, Harsh, like steady, heavy bass. But then it's also got that like pop loving sound too. Like it's a little bit lighter, especially when they get to the chorus and they get they hit those high notes with their vocals. Like it it kinda gives something a little bit to everybody. Which is cool. I think that's why it's called dance punk. It's that's a genre that came out in the late nineteen seventies and it's really just associated with like that post punk new wave type thing, but it's also just a little bit edgy and also a little bit not edgy. (laughs) A yeah. little bit upbeat and fun and dancey. It's dance like a fun. perfect
1: combination of both. I think um, another prominent dance punk artist that listeners might know is um, LCD Sound System. Oh yeah, they're also considered dance punk, so it's that kind of um, that kind of sound. So yeah, interesting. Definitely an interesting concept.
0: Yeah, I think this makes total sense to be the single, too. Um, It's probably going to do well both on alternative and on college radio just because it's a little bit weird but still, like, super accessible. So
1: Yeah, I was actually excited to hear this. I did hear this on alternative radio, actually. Oh, really? And Yeah, and I was pretty excited to see that a band that had, um, you know, I thought only had, like, a cult following is now going to have such a larger fan base because, you know, larger radio stations are going to be playing them as well as college radio stations. So it's not just going to be this small cult following anymore, like, everyone's going to be able to hear them, and I think that's really great.
0: Yeah, uh, they've been getting a lot of press too, especially because they haven't come out with an album since two thousand and four, uh, and they've been talking to a lot of magazines and saying like, "We didn't. We were a little bit nervous about putting out this new album. We thought that maybe we'd still have that same like internet cult following, but it seems like people are really stoked. They they put on a tour as well. They're going to be touring all throughout the country as well as in Europe, and uh, it seems like people are buying tickets and actually want to go. So power to them but let's keep moving right along we're next off i think we're gonna do maybe a little deep cut from the album we've got another song that's called white is red and that is the fifth track off of the album so let's play that one for them white is red (laughs) Wow, that was White as Red from Death from Above, 1979, off of that new album, The Physical World. Definitely a slower song for them. A little bit more emotion tied in there. Yeah. Yeah, and what was that ending? They were just like, we're emotional and sad and we're just going to cut and just do some instrumental for like the last 20 seconds or whatever that was
1: yeah you know you always got to keep the djs on their feet you know you always gotta you always gotta make sure they're freaking out because they think the song ended so <laughs> yeah they
0: will gotta fade it down it's like no, no no go back up go back up yep yep <laughs> but yeah i'm a little surprised actually by this one i think that you know with that kind of punk vibe that they go for, they're not really trying to show that much emotion. Like, in a bunch of their other songs, they're just kind of like, screw the system, like, we're awesome. I don't know. I, it was a little, like, a love song to me. And what does White is Red mean? What is that?
1: I don't know. It's a, it's just kind of like a, it seems to me maybe it's just a, kind of like a poetic kind of
0: Yeah, maybe statement. Like, like, white is pure, but actually everything that's pure is actually really just messed up. I don't know. Wow, yeah, I... I I wasn't even thinking that (laughs) far. A little too deep. I mean, they've never really been that deep before. Even when they broke up, it was just kind of like, well, we were thinking about it, and we talked about it. We waited a year. We'd already decided it. But then afterwards, it was just like, we're just going to finish our tour and go. Like, that's really it. There was no sentiment in the letter that he wrote. That was back in 2006, but... I don't know. It's good to see that they have a little bit of mo- emotion in there. Definitely a deep cut from them, for sure. Yeah. it was. I think it was
1: really nice to see. Um, it showed their softer side. You know, it had hand claps and harmonized vocals that were yeah. interesting for Death From Above 1979. But With that softer sound, it still had those, like, harsh guitars with it.
0: Yeah, so you could still tell that it was the same band.
1: Yeah, so you could still tell it was Death From Above, but it's definitely showing that they're progressing as a band, even though it took them 10 years to get here. Yeah. (laughs) That they're still here making music, so it's exciting.
0: Yeah, and they were. I've been reading a lot. They were definitely nervous about putting out this album, too. They thought, like, what if our sound sounds different? And I think they told one uh, magazine, they were like, like, F them, like, this is what you wanted. If it's not what you want, like, sorry. <laughs>
1: and I think they I think their music comes across like that exactly. Yeah. That's the sound that's exactly the sound they have. We're gonna make this. You guys can like it. You guys cannot like it. We don't really care. This is what we made and here you go. And that's what I admire about them.
0: Yeah, I would definitely agree, but Let's continue on to the third track from this album that we had picked out here. This is actually the one that we are going to be playing on the station, so this is a new music ad. This one is called Virgins, and I think that it is just perfect for this college radio vibe that we are going for. So let's play that one, Virgins, Death From a Book. Wow. That was Virgins from Death From Above 1979. Wow, that is just perfect like youth college radio everything. That is so and that's so Death From Above. I feel like that's exactly what they go for and they just hit the nail on the head with that one, I think. What do you think, Jacob? Uh
1: yeah. I definitely think so. <laughs> I think the lyrics are something that definitely need to be talked about. Yeah. And this song um they sound like such high school punks. They sound like just little punk kids. Running around, I'm I'm not sure how old these guys are, but I mean they have to be probably at least in their thirties if their debut album came out ten years ago.
0: Yeah, they are, and uh,
1: and they don't sound like it at all.
0: They're not gonna go skip school and like skate in the empty (laughs) pool. Maybe they're reminiscing. Yeah,
1: they're talking about sleeping on the parents' lawn, like
0: maybe back when they were virgins. Yeah, that's what they would do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) maybe. (laughs) maybe back in the back in the good old days.
0: Yeah, and a part of that chorus is don't ever change. I just re- I would remember like writing that in someone's yearbook like don't ever change.
1: Yeah, this is Let's this is same. very nostalgic music.
0: Yeah, and I think that our listeners, well, hopefully they'll appreciate it and really relate to it, maybe get a little bit nostalgic especially if they know Death From Above and they know that older album. They're going to be like, "Oh, this is new, but it it still takes me back to that same sound that they were really going for before." Yeah. Yeah, uh They've just been evolving to a great extent, and I am super happy about it. This album hopefully will take off the physical world. Um, They've said a lot of stuff to a bunch of magazines, and it seems like they just don't even care if it (laughs) does well or not. I mean, I'm sure they, they know that they have true fans, and I think that's really who they want to get it out to. They are going to be starting their tour at the Rough Trade in Brooklyn, New York, and then moving to Canada, and then Europe. And they will be playing here in Detroit on November 26th with a band called Biblical, and that's going to be at the Crow Football Room. And yeah, I'm just super excited about this Death From Above 1979 album. But let's continue on.
1: Yeah, on to the next one.
0: Moving right along, we are going to go into our next featured artist of the night. Her name is Jillian Banks, and she goes by Banks. She is a singer-songwriter from LA, and she has been all up on the Twitter sphere and the news when it comes to the music industry lately. She said that she has learned piano Uh-oh. because she didn't know how to cope with her feelings following her parents' divorce. Oh, that's so sad. I know
1: that that tore me up a little bit when I read that. Like, yeah, it's sad that she had to do that, but.
0: But I mean, I mean, they say that some of the best artists are some of the most. Sad, emotional right. ones, so maybe it was... It, meant to be. Her, meant to be, yeah. She actually got her start putting her music on SoundCloud, and previous to this debut full-length, which we're going to be playing a little bit later, she released two EPs back in 2013. Uh, one was picked up from the label I Am Sound Records before she was moving to her new label home, which is Harvest Records. And she also toured with The Weeknd, which makes sense considering they have that same like alternative R&B sound. If you're unfamiliar with that sound, it's basically anything that isn't Mariah Carey, Beyoncé, or Whitney Houston. Think more artists like How to Dress Well, Frank Ocean, Janelle Monae, or even uh, Miguel. But I think we should roll into our first track here with Banks. She came out with a bunch of singles before she even released this album. She came out with Begging for a Thread first. Or no, it was Brain first. Yeah,
1: Brain first. Then Begging
0: for a Thread, which we play here on Impact now. And then she came out with Drowning, and I think I want to play you guys that one. It's one of the most straightforward songs on the album, but I think it really hones in on her sound. So let's play that one. This is Drowning by Banks. So that was Drowning by Banks here on New Music Dispatch. Wow, there's a lot going on, and, but it was still like really slow. Yeah. and groovy. I feel like that whole synth action thing is just really huge right now. There are so many groups that are just like pumping the synth out. It's crazy. <laughs> and she does it really well. Um, Jacob and I were talking while we were listening to this. You said something about how you were listening to the whole album and one song just kind of blends it into another. Do you like that? Or is it that more of just like a you're getting into a trance, like you can't really listen anymore?
1: Yeah, it's it's a little of both. Um, I feel like the sound on this album is really consistent and that can be good and bad because as each track goes along, it kinda gets hard to keep track of which track is which unless you're really actively switching back and going, Okay, like that was that song, now I'm listening to this song. Yeah. So if you're kind of into the whole album experience as being kind of like one fluid thing and it all kind of just m- mixes together and then afterwards it's not like you could really be like oh I really like this specific song I really like this specific song you could just be like I really really liked the aesthetic of the album and kind of how it made me feel yeah is what I'm
0: trying to say I guess I feel like there are a lot of deep cuts on this album too and this one is more of just like a single I think she really hits it hard with those singles like the singles yeah. you know you're gonna hear those on radio you know you're gonna be like bobbing your head to them but some of the other songs are really just to showcase like her talent and maybe the production talent as well yeah
1: I feel like especially even on some of the deeper cuts her voice is used a lot better especially we're coming up we're going to be playing a track actually soon Mm -hmm. um, that showcases her voice perfectly that you don't really get to hear with all this production that's going on
0: I do want to mention too like that is goes right along with this theme of like that darker edgier side of women in R&B it's definitely a trend right now and I just want to like pat Banks on the back for really just nailing that on the head. But it is—it's almost like shoegaze. Shoegaze is that type of music where you just kind of get—it's a lot of noise, and y'all you get caught up in it all. And that kind of happened to me with this song too. I know it's a single, but it's—it's it's not very driving. It's more like you get stuck in a trance listening yeah, to it, for sure. Kind of weird. It's
1: especially—it's especially because it's, especially it's more of a pop-oriented album, mm-hmm. and the hour uh, run length is not that you know common for an album that's you know of pop music r&b music yeah that's true so something along those lines kind of makes it a little more you know deep a little more long-winded yeah so
0: well we were talking about deep cuts i think that's what we're going to be playing next this is the last song on the goddess album coming out from banks this one's called under the table Under the Table by Banks. That's off her album, Goddess. And that is the last track on the album, unless you have the deluxe version. I think there's four more on the deluxe version. But wow, that was such a big shift from when we heard Drowning. I'm almost... I mean, I've listened to this multiple times, but I'm still surprised every time that she has such diverse way of making music. I wanted to say she... We were talking, and she sounds... You always relate music to the things that you know best, and this is a pop album in a sense, and... I would relate it immediately to, like, Sarah Bareilles or Adele or all those women vocals who play the piano. And I don't know. I think that's cool. I don't think that would really work for radio, though. It's definitely a deep cut. Uh, you listened to the album, too, though. What did you think?
1: Yeah, um, I agree. This was actually probably my favorite track off of the oh. album for myself okay. um, personally, which is interesting. I don't, I'm not really into, like, piano balladry type of music, but... I don't know something about her voice, and you, and for me, I don't think you really notice it that well in the other songs. Like she has a good voice, you can tell that in her music. It's it's apparent, it's there. But with this one, since there's no there's no instrumentation barely at all besides a piano, mm-hmm. so her voice is really really upfront and she like uses that as another instrument. And I think even towards the end, as it starts building up more and it starts adding a little bit of like subtle strings in there, yeah. Then her voice like really starts to boom, and she even gets a little growl in there you yeah. know two towards the end which i thought was really cool especially because you know other, her other stuff is really smooth and syrupy and then this one she's just like growling at you and yeah and just like pouring her heart out into the song and i think that's really impressive
0: i wonder what she would sound like live i bet she would you would really hear that like honesty in her voice especially because she'd be mixing it all up on stage this album is definitely this one definitely stuck out to me i know it stuck out to you as well jacob But yeah, deep cut from the album that was under the table, but let's move on to the track that we will be adding into rotation here at Impact 89 FM. This one is called Alibi, and it is the opening track from the album Goddess by Banks. So let's play it. was Alibi by Banks. That is the first track off of her album, Goddess, and that is the one we're going to be putting into rotation. That is really exciting. I did let Jacob kind of run the show for this Banks review album review, and I'm really curious as to why you picked this one. You want to elaborate? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I think that this is, well, obviously being the opening track on the album, I think that, you know, this this track especially is the most overly electronic track or the most obviously electronic track i think it utilizes the synthesizer and um drum machine a lot more than the other tracks do
0: yeah definitely
1: um i th- also think it's the like and that being said i think that makes it the most engaging because it has the most going on it's like the busiest it's the most oh like what's going on right there like i have to keep listening to this um And the rest of her stuff is, like, kind of like I said before, it's, like, really syrupy and slow and smooth. And I think that this one kind of stands above those in terms of its ability to kind of be more upbeat and a little more catchy.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think that she does – and you can still hear that, like, talent that she has in her voice, too, when she hits all those upper notes. It's really quite something, but it still has the, like – synth and all of that darker stuff just just to like draw the listener and i think this will be a really great addition to our uh roster right now
1: i think so too i mean i think it would g- even go a lot we, we play artists that are like her they would go along great with other artists like fk twigs who recently you know has been get blowing up a little bit yeah on the blogosphere also son who was um you know a new artist signed a 4ad mm-hmm. earlier this year as well and how to dress well who's a little bit more established alternative r&b if i can say alternative r&b on here <laughs> artist. um yeah i think that sh- her sound fits in well with them i don't think it's going to alienate anyone and i think that people are gonna i think people are going to appreciate being turned on to a new artist like banks
0: yeah and she signed to harvest Records, so you know that she's just going to be like up and on the rise yep. also on harvest well was on harvest was morrissey He's no longer in Harvest. Yeah, you know,
1: we could have a, we could, we could just cut the show right now and do the rest of it all about Morrissey, but yeah, <laughs> you know, we got other places to, be.
0: we got other places <laughs> to be and other things to talk about. I wanted to say this cute little uh thing that Fuse talked about with Banks. She actually put her real phone number on Twitter before the album came out. She said, "I still wanted to wait to connect to people that connect to my music, and I felt like putting my number out was a great way to do that." And according to banks, she still gets calls from fans, and she said most of them, honestly, are just really beautiful people reaching out saying how much they love the music and how much they connect with it. So she's definitely working with her fans there. And I think that's a great thing to do, especially if you're a one woman show and
1: especially a new artist too. Yeah, that's, you know, relatively unknown that she'd be that bold, you know. That really shows that she's like, you know, someone different. Someone different. She's someone
0: different. She's a little special.
1: A little spicy.
0: Well, (laughs) spicy. Banks is gonna be on tour. She's gonna be going from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way to Manchester, England. And she'll also be making a little stop here in Detroit, Michigan at St. Andrews Music Hall on October 4th. So if you're interested, you can catch her there. All right, so we're going to move right along to our last artist of the night, and that artist is Tennis. This is an indie pop band from Denver, Colorado, made up of the husband and wife duo Elena Moore and Patrick Riley, and they also have James Barone on drums. But the couple met in college, and they actually named the band after Riley's tennis playing during school, which I just think is so Cute. Uh, Their first release was in 2010 with their EP Baltimore, which was later followed up by the debut full-length Cape Dory via Fat Possum Records, which is a very popular record label in the college radio scene. And then Young and Old is a personal favorite album of mine, and it was produced by Patrick Carney of the Black Keys, and that is Tennis's second album that was released the year following that in 2012 and yeah after those two years an ep entitled small sound was released and the band finally after that released this was just last tuesday september 9th they released that album entitled ritual in repeat and that is what we're going to be talking about here tonight on the show i want to start off we like to start off with the singles and i think that's good because normally they put out only the single and then we're like what's going to happen next and this is what they put out first this one is called i'm colin and it's by tennis Uh, that was i'm colin from tennis that's the single off of their album ritual in repeat that just dropped last week
1: that bass line
0: what is this song though i'm a little (laughs) confused i loved young and old that was their album in 2012 and i'm like am i listening to chromio when that song started i was like is this chromio (laughs) and then i'm just like okay well i know that there was some negative feedback from this song from the tennis lovers at least but I really think that this is kind of the trend that's happening with singles lately, and it's not because tennis is like sellouts or anything, but I think that it just makes more sense for a, an initial single to not be as out of the box and be a little bit more safe. That's that's kind of what I want to say, yeah. Uh, if you look at songs that, like Alt-J, for example, they put out that song Left Hand Free, and I know that that was kind of a joke, but I feel like... <laughs> I don't know. It's not about the unique indie track, but it's more about the accessibility that the single holds. Like, yeah,
1: I think it's, you know, we have these record labels now. And I mean, obviously, independent record, la- record labels are a little better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Alt-J is actually signed to a major record label, though, I believe. Correct? They're signed to Capitol Records?
0: I'm not sure.
1: Um, but Probably, probably you know, something I've- big. I feel like record companies are so obsessed with just branding these artists now as to make money. Yeah. And that they're almost not, you know, not in like a violent way or weird way or anything. They're like forcing these artists to record songs that they don't even really like that much. And to release them so that, you know, it's easier for everyone to like them instead of trying to be true to themselves.
0: Exactly. It's a great marketing tactic just to like reel in those normal people who aren't really like, the music nerds, and then when the full-length comes out, they'll learn a little bit more about the different types of music that the artist has, and that's kind of what will reel them in is that, like, safe single. Not that all singles are like that, and I do like the single a lot. You were saying how you're dancing to the bass line, and it's oh, poppy. Yeah, but that baseline It's not really tennis to me. It just kind of sounds like a safe version of tennis. But, you know, uh, it still kind of sucks to have to hear all that generic stuff on alternative radio waves but that is exactly what college radio is for we have been playing this song here on the impact and i think we're going to kind of use the same tactic for this one with tennis uh We're going to be switching this track out soon to a less popular, more individualistic one. I won't tell you which one yet, though. Let's move on to the deep cuts from Ritual and Repeat. I think I'm going to play you guys the track Timothy. It is off of the EP Small Sound. This one's Timothy by Tennis. (laughs)
2: To the head of things to fix
0: was timothy by tennis off of their album ritual and repeat and that's also off of their ep that came out before the full length that was sound or small sound small sound that's actually quite a vintage-esque track from tennis if i can say that it's definitely an earful of a song just kind of feels like you're chilling at the beach like chilling real hard it's definitely not the punkiest punchiest track punkiest track (laughs) tennis (laughs) punk
1: band 101
0: it's definitely not the punchiest track from tennis but it's definitely it makes sense to be a deep cut and i just can't get enough of it it's so sweet and serene i just love elena's voice
1: yeah if you look at the album cover from Mm -hmm. small sound you know it kind of the the song timothy kind of evokes the the emotions that i'd get from looking at the album cover you know it's kind of it's kind of grainy looking it's kind of old like you said about the beach thing but like I imagine, like, on the 80s, like, and all these girls are walking around, like, one pieces, you know, with, like, big hats and, like, weird umbrellas. That's kind of, like, what I get. Yeah. It's, like, an older vintage. I I totally get the vintage feel. Um, And I think they own it. They own that sound.
0: But, yeah, there's definitely a track that I thought stuck out the most to me and I think we're going to play it here on impact 89 fm and it's called needle and a knife and I've got a lot to say about it so let's play it first this is needle and a knife by tennis Needle and a Knife by Tennis here on New Music Dispatch was that Mac DeMarco that song started and I was like this is Mac DeMarco. Does Mac
1: DeMarco have a twin sister hiding out there making music under the name Tennis because it's you are, we found you
0: I'm, and even then I'm like is this the same artist that created the single I'm calling Because
2: yeah.
0: right that sounds so different like that was so mellow and just like it sounded like old timey too but I was just blown away and then After that lick in the beginning where I thought it was Mac DeMarco, you hear Elena's voice, and I'm just like, Is that Stevie Nicks? Like, she just sounds so, so similar to Fleetwood Mac. And it's just like a great throwback, but with an interesting, like, new 2014 twist. And I just, I loved it so much. It was so typically tennis in all the right ways. And actually, I gave you this album to review initially, and you were saying something about um, how we must play tennis you want to elaborate on yeah it?
1: sure so you know kind of like you said earlier i think you kind of summed it up pretty well you said that they have an older sound but then it also sounds like you know now like this song couldn't have been made back in the 80s and back in the 70s like it just couldn't it doesn't make any sense but it takes you know qualities from that music from that era and mm-hmm. and things from there and you puts them in a you know current setting and makes it interesting and you know You know, we've had stuff on there from them in the past, and I think that their sound just really makes a lot of sense for college radio. You know, it has a more kind of laid back sound, it has an indier type of feeling, it has a pop sound, it has a little bit of rock
0: sound. Yeah, and they delve a bit into that synthy action thing that everybody's doing, and I know that's going to relate so well to people because they just love their synths lately, which also means that they're evolving, and that's always admirable too. Um, I definitely, definitely think that this is just one of those groups where as soon as you hear a certain part of their song, you're just like, yep, like that's them. Like with this one, I was just yeah. like immediately like, yep, that's tennis. And with all that being said, I think we're going to be adding this one into rotation next. So be on the lookout for a needle and a knife here on impact sometime this week. So tonight you've heard tracks from new albums coming from death from above 1979 banks and tennis And only a few of those tracks you're going to be hearing later on Impact 89FM. We're going to play Virgins from Death From Above. We're going to be playing Alibi from Banks and then Needle and a Knife from Tennis. All of those albums are the newest things at College Radio, and I'm so glad that we got to play them. You can follow me on Spotify, Michelle Fogali, and stream the full playlist from tonight's show. And you can also hear the songs again within the podcast on our website at impact89fm.org. I think that's all we have for tonight here on New Music Dispatch. So, think so. Yeah. Thanks, Jacob, for being with me. And yeah, everyone you. be well, and we'll chat with you next week.